Tired of this political spin on this election outcome? Me too. So how about we talk about how it's going to affect our business as ranchers? All this kind of fun talk that makes it cute for the night talk shows, you can lose track of the opportunity to make meaningful change that how the gavel would work with Speaker McCarthy and and what that means on your farm or ranch. Jess Peterson and Leah Biondo with the U.S. Cattlemen's Association join me to talk about what's next following this past election on several livestock bills that are currently before Congress. I'll just say this lame duck session is going to be really critical on those bills. Plus, we'll talk about how this election will affect the upcoming farm bill and how important it is to be involved in our industry groups as well as our role as constituents and ranchers. It's your elected members coming back every weekend talking about how they're you know roaring and, and, and making all this noise just say you know what i want to see the actual results on policy at my ranch gate not what's on cable news post election reflection that's today on this episode of the working ranch radio show We welcome you here to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm Justin Mills. Thank you for joining us for episode 95. And I'm still trying to get warmed up here this morning. I went out and helped uh, early this morning our neighbor Scott and Katie Easton get their cattle off to the sale barn. We had to get uh, calves and steers and heifers sorted off and put on the trucks. And they went off to Belfouche, South Dakota, to the local sale barn here. And man, oh man, it was seven above when we started and it was seven above when we finished. It didn't warm up much at all. It is cold here. And we're going to talk more about our weather with meteorologist Don Day towards the end of our segment. So be sure to join us with that. On today's show, if you heard us there in the in the intro, yes, we are talking post-election reflection. As I'm glad to have back with us again, Jess Peterson and Leah Biondo, both of those with the U.S. Cattlemen's Association, as we talk about a lot of the different bills that are before Congress that have been a little bit stalled out uh, with some of the hype and everything that goes on with election, but also there is some momentum with some of them. We're going to talk about how they hope to see some of that continue on in this uh, these next several days with a lame duck session and then when the new Congress takes uh, shape and what that's going to look like. Of course, we're still not quite sure who's totally in control just yet. We, we have some uh, ideas of where things are going to have go, but there's still some election results yet hanging out there. So we're going to be talking about that today and just a lot of stuff and how that's going to affect us here in ranching. So be sure to join us with that. Don't forget, uh, I mentioned this last week, and Hydrobed has now made their 20th thousand yeah 20,000 hydro beds and they're going to take that one and it's going to be a commemorative hydro bed that they're going to sell on big iron and all the money going to help uh, raise money for awareness for kids with type 1 diabetes team snack is who that's going for and uh, if you want to start to be looking at that that's going to be on big iron here this next week and they're going to be planning to close that sale on the 21st of December just want to make sure you knew of that I want to do thank our sponsors here the working ranch radio show Zen Pro perfusion drink optimized performance from the start with Zenpro Perfusion Drench and the American Cemental Association and boy I tell you what we are knocking on the door of bull buying season and several years ago there was a survey done between 2014 and 20 did you know that the largest growth in bull breed type during that time was bulls with sim genetics heterosis works which is why with Cemental it's more per head period find out more 
at Simmental.org. And Zoetis, it's the little things that could derail progress. Your herd can be covered. Visit GetLessParasites.com for solutions from Zoetis. And Biozyme, you know, it's weaning time, so for protection and recovery, think VitaCharge by Biozyme. For more information, visit VitaFirm.com forward slash vita dash charge and finally performance ranch don't keep your cow calf herd data in a notebook keep it in the cloud with performance ranch find out more at performance livestock analytics.com well right now let's check in with the captain tim o'burn he is the publisher and editor of working ranch magazine for this week's edition of tim's two cents hey justin here everybody out there in working ranch radio land all you progressive folks out there, listen up. This uh, this Tim's Two Cents is about something I've certainly never heard about. I was watching a YouTube. This old boy was sailing his 30-foot sailboat from Hawaii to Polynesia. It's about a 26-day trip. And uh, about day 10, the sea finally calmed down enough that he could cook himself an actual meal. And he decided to boil up these noodles. And he turns to the camera and says, folks, do you know what Kernza is? And I says to him, no, I do not. And he says, well, let me let me help you understand what it is. So apparently it is uh, a plant that's being developed by the Land Institute. So Google those guys. And it is a it's part of the wheatgrass family, but it's it's got a bigger head on it. A lot of a lot of grain on it. And get this, folks, it's a perennial and the roots go 10 to 12 feet deep, delivering carbon all the way down there and grabbing uh, valuable nutrients and moisture from that depth. It's a perennial, and you can graze it. You can graze the leaves and stems. Cattle like it. They do good on it. Check it out. Kernza, K-E-R-N-Z-A, might be the grazing uh, seed of the future. Back to you, Justin. All right, thanks, Captain. And uh, that name, Kernza. Boy, I have to lock that away. I tell you what's going to be easier for me to remember because you said it was from the wheatgrass family. How about we just call it the uh, Wonder Wheatgrass? <laughs> How does that work? Well, stay with us, folks. We're going to get into our featured interview. We have a lot to cover as we're going to get into post election uh, talking about that with Jess Peterson, Leah Biondo, the U.S. Cattlemen's Association. Stay with us. We'll be back on the Working Ranch Radio Show after this. Don't keep your cow-calf herd data in a notebook. Keep it in the cloud with Performance Ranch and say so long to decoding handwritten notes. Performance Ranch is an easy-to-use app that simplifies record-keeping and makes decision-making easier. Keep track of herd inventory, monitor health records, and manage costs all from your iPad or iPhone. Group texting important herd data? Delete it. Use Performance Ranch instead. Go to performancelivestockanalytics.com and be the first to know when Performance Ranch is ready to launch. Starting off in the right direction is essential to gaining an advantage later when you go to market your calves. And I have proof that the right direction is with Sim Angus Sired Calves. A 2020 study by K-State showed that Sim Angus Sired Steer Calves earn more at sale time than all other breed identified sire groups with at least 50 lots represented on Superior Livestock's 2020 summer sales. The proof's right there. For low-risk, high-potential calves with earning potential, be confident that Sim Genetics will give you more per head, period. Stand strong, Simmental. 
And we welcome you back here to the Working Ranch Radio Show. Justin Mills, your host with you today as we continue in our program today, heading into our featured interview. And of course, as as we all are at this point in the time, uh, we're talking a lot of uh, election issues, and that is our focus here today. Joining us today is from the U.S. Cattlemen's Association is Jess Peterson, their senior policy advisor, also Leah Biondo, their executive vice president. And for both of you, thanks for joining us here on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Thanks for having us, Justin. Thanks for the opportunity, as always. You bet. Well, as we were talking last week to kind of set this up and knowing that we were going to have this issue or this topic and this this uh, event that would be taking place, the joke was at the particular time that will we know by the time we have our conversation (laughs) here this morning, will there even be any final decisions made? And lo and behold... There isn't really anything. We we kind of have some suspected ideas of where we think the house will go. Still, a lot yet to de- yet to be determined in in the in the Senate side of things. But just general blush, I guess. First thing, and and I know everybody out there has heard a lot of the talking heads and, and their their assessments of this. But first blush from you both or you all as from the U.S. Cattlemen's Association in regards to ag policy. What does this election just first blush? look like well yeah one of the things that we uh we take a lot of pride in the u.s cattlemen's association is 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 we say this and we live by it truly uh the deck is never stacked the deck is never rigged it's just how the cards are dealt and how you play your hand and this organization u.s cattlemen's uh, throughout the years has set the course to have a full-time presence in washington dc leah biondo leads that up and incredible members incredible committees and after election or leading up to election is probably our pri- proudest moment, Leah. Uh, and, and she'll share that a little bit, just working with the committees, working with those folks that are interacting with these elected officials or with these candidates to, to uh, looking to be elected. In that case, when you see these razor thin margins in areas that, yeah, you have urban areas of, of Arizona and Nevada, but that rural vote is just as important because every vote matters. So that rancher, that farmer, that cattle producer, that cattle feeder, your listeners, Working Ranch Radio Nation, all you listeners, it matters. Your vote matters. And when you take a deep breath, when you turn off the political pundits and just take a deep breath, be proud of the fact your vote matters. And we're telling you right now, we don't care how those cards are dealt. You give us a hand and we're going to play it and we're going to play it well. So coming out of this election, uh, and Leo walked through some of the numbers and kind of where we stand, but we feel very confident where we stand uh, as far as is the change in the House and then what come what may out of the Senate. And so we feel that uh, all things considered on Election Day and what, what transpires here in the runoff leading up to Georgia and the final tally in Arizona and Nevada, kind of producers are going to be just fine. And we're going to get through and move these priorities that we have in a bipartisan manner. And, and no big surprises. We feel good about the, the, the lame duck session we have as they return from the election and 2023 forward. Mm-hmm. Leah, you're right in the thick of things uh, back in Washington, D.C. So as as this is coming in, there's there's probably some of it in a way that's not a, not a huge surprise. But as you come out of it and you see some of these issues that were, you have been working on and now needing to move them uh, down the floor some more, uh, what what's your initial thoughts coming out of this election? 
right in the thick of it is right, Justin. It's been a couple of sleepless nights here in Washington. But as we look ahead, I think one of the neat things about ag policy in general is that it's not a red issue. It's not a blue issue, but it's that bipartisan issue. So both sides really do care about it. As just said, in rural America, every vote counts, every vote matters, and you're voting on the issues that are, you know, important to you and your community. So for ag policy as a whole, you know, we, we, have worked with Democratic uh, administrations and and, uh, control of the House and Senate. We've worked with Republican administrations in control of the House and Senate. But the one thing remains is that U.S. Cattlemen's Association is one of those organizations that can work across the aisle, can work in both chambers, and can really affect change regardless of who is in control in the White House or in Congress. So, um, You know, we're sitting in a bit of uncertainty right now in terms of what the numbers show. We know that the House is likely to um, gain Republican control. And so we'll see some leadership changes on the House Agriculture Committee, which will impact some of the um, legislation that we are working on. Um, In the Senate, it's a bit of a toss up right Mm -hmm. now. We've got kind of that razor thin uh, battle for control of the Senate in Arizona, Georgia, Nevada. And we'll we'll see where that takes us here um, in the next month or so, because we do have to look ahead to that runoff election in Georgia, um, unless something else happens between now and then mm-hmm. to figure out who is going to take control of the Senate and if there will be leadership changes on that Senate Agriculture Committee. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the, the House side of things, because we do feel like there's maybe a little bit more uh, certainty there. Uh, Representative McCarthy will take over as House leader, it sounds like. Again, not totally certain on that, but that's what it would appear to be. Uh, from an Ag Committee chairman, who would, uh, who would that be? Yes, yeah, so it would be G.T. Thompson, uh, veteran uh, policy lawmaker out of Pennsylvania. Of course, Pennsylvania is a very diverse state. I, I always I see the similarities. It's almost into the West, right? They have mm-hmm. extractive industries, yeah. um, energy, uh, agriculture, uh, kind of rural swath. And so G.T. is chairman. He's been on the committee. He's been ranking member. He's going to work well with the chairman. Um, look to see him navigate a farm bill. Uh, as he comes into that chairman role, some of these dollars that came out, uh, for these, uh, these, 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 these climate kind of, uh, carbon credit initiatives and, 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 and those funding from the White House. He's been, a, he's, he's, he's kind of had a, uh, a little bit of hesitation on how that's going. So look for some oversight on how those dollars are spent. He's kind of already let some indicators out there. So look to see the Ag Committee have a bit of an oversight role of USDA. Most is it links to spending. There isn't really a big, difference of opinion, if you will, of, of, of the department's policies in rural America, mostly just spending priorities. And he's going to he's going to weigh in on that a little bit, but he's going to be crafted with writing a farm bill. Again, uh, as we talked about kind of this trending majority of, of, of Republicans in the House, you have this version called the Republican Study Committee. Uh, they're kind of a more more uh, leaning in a uh, more of a fringe style when it comes to kind of a more focus on on their initiatives versus a kind of a centrist approach. And so they will look at things through a lens a little differently, and it makes it a little different to govern because they'll use their block of votes without kind of a, a strong resounding majority in the House. So they'll look for probably more tension between Leader McCarthy and this faction of the Republican uh, Study Committee. Then say, you know, it'll play out pretty quick between the Republicans and the Democrats. They're also going to have to work really, really hard, similar to what Speaker Pelosi had with her kind of lower majority mm-hmm. numbers, working with some of those more urban centric 
members that, that that would push back almost on, on saying we're not going far enough progressive. You're going to see that same pressure on McCarthy not going far enough. Arguably, in their phrases, conservative. I always hate using these these phrases and whatnot. But again, McCarthy comes from a rural area, uh, has rural constituents, and and GT gets it. Good good as Leah referenced, good bipartisanship on that committee. So we'll look to see uh, no big surprises and, and, and smooth sailing as it looks to the policy issues that matter. It is unfortunate. Uh, incoming possibly Chairman G.T. Thompson. He is opposed to the cattle price, cattle market price discovery act. And that's very disappointing. And so it's going to make a bit of a struggle in the house there, uh, which means we'll have to have all the more pressure in the United States. And, and quite candidly, uh, folks, um, weighing in, uh, Republican members like Dusty Johnson from South Dakota saying, Hey, this is a big deal for the state of South Dakota. Uh, your new, uh, Congressman Eggman from, uh, Wyoming, folks like that weighing in saying, Hey, we really need to have, uh, this bill move forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jess, you kind of went the direction I was wanting to go with in, in this first segment, and that was to just give us the the, the demographics, the layout, kind of the skinny of, of what we're dealing with, with trying to get some of this ag policy done back in D.C. We'll talk about some of the specific issues uh, here, I think, in this next segment. But as we kind of finish up here in this in this segment, um, you, you talked a little bit about the one segment of the Republican Party that's, uh, you know, might be a, a little bit to, to deal with. That was a question I was wanting to know is how how divided are we in there with, you know, we've got the Freedom Caucus and we've got some other different elements within that. Uh, are, are we going to get anything done? You know, and that's a question folks have to ask. And for all those in our listing area, it's, you know, the, the political pundits are paid to make money off of you being angry, right? When you listen <laughs> yeah. to Working Ranch Radio, you're getting the facts. You're getting you're getting advice and guidance on how to make your ranch uh, more profitable and, 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 and news that you can use. But not all information out there is, is based in that way. So when you have Tucker Carlson meeting with a contingent of Republicans, and this guy gets, he's, he's, he's a paid actor, basically, mm-hmm. to, to go on Fox News and talk. And you have the same on the left, too. So it's not like it's uh, one, one side or the other. So what happens? happens then is you start getting these these divisive issues and you, and you take away from a very focused uh roll back some regs uh maybe maybe it's it's work on the h2a piece uh maybe it's work on some water issues where where everything is a priority and everything is a horse race because you only have so much time before the next ra- uh, election and there's only so much uh availability of floor time where you can get folks back work on the things that must pass bills Plus these priorities. So all that, what I would say, dinging around, and I can say that, I, I guess, at my point in my career, all this kind of fun talk that makes it cute for the night talk shows, you can lose track mm-hmm. of the opportunity to make meaningful change that how the gavel would work with Speaker McCarthy and and what that means on your farm or ranch. So take that with a deep breath. And some of you have members that are part of that caucus. If your elected members coming back every weekend talking about how they're you know roaring and, and, and making all this noise, just say, you know what? I want to see the actual results on policy at my ranch gate, not what's on cable news. Yeah. Boy, that's 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 absolutely right, because I I think that's what's been so tough to deal with is that we've got a lot of publicity out there. And, of course, social media gives us that ability, YouTube channels, but we're not seeing some actions getting done. And I think that that what you said there is that's the question we need to be asking our 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 representatives there. So uh, we're going to take a break here, folks. When we come back, we still have a lot to talk about. My guests today are Jess Peterson, senior policy advisor and Leah Biondo, executive vice president of the U.S. Cattlemen's. 
Association. And when we come back, we're going to be getting into some of the specific uh, related issues that are that, that do affect us as ranchers here on the countryside, how those are have progressed, what they, the future of those look like coming down the road. When we come back, we'll get into those on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Control comes when you focus on the little things, from daily chores to parasite management, because any little thing could derail progress. But your herd can be covered. Visit GetLessParasites.com for solutions from Zoetis. Aid stressed cattle during weaning, shipping, receiving, and vaccination by delivering a multi-day supply of essential minerals and nutrients. With Zinpro Profusion Drench, you can keep receiving calves performing and achieve a 16 to 1 return on investment with 20% reduced respiratory loss. Optimize performance from the start with Zinpro Profusion Drench. And welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show. Justin Mills with you, my guest today from the U.S. Cattlemen's Association, Leah Biondo, Executive Vice President and Senior Policy Advisor, Jess Peterson. And uh, guys, when we went to break, one of the things I, I was saying is that I feel a lot of times us in the country, you know, we see what's in front of us or we hear what what's on national news and maybe what some of our state uh, organizations might be saying out there. But but I know there are there are things that that you being in the thick of it all that you see differently. And I guess, and maybe as I said at the break, maybe that requires a whole different show. But before we get into some of the topics, as you look at this deal, what, what's something that we're not seeing? This will be my first plug, but you know, it won't be my last before the show's over, but members of USCA's policy committees are the ones who get kind of that firsthand knowledge of uh, the things that you don't get to see on TV. So Mm -hmm. if this is something that interests you, if you're listening to this conversation and you're like, I want to be in the thick of it, I want to be one of those that are influencing our decision makers, I really encourage you to find which organization uh, you align with the most and go get involved. As Jess alluded to Mm -hmm. earlier, every voice, every vote counts. And so uh, I really encourage you to become a member of either the U.S. Cattlemen's Association or any other organization that really speaks to you. But uh, I'll turn it over to Jess now as our senior policy advisor for some of those little tidbits that you might get on a committee meeting. Leah hit the nail on the head. You can see why she's at the top of the food chain there, Justin, (laughs) when it comes to working on our policies. And I'm kind of in the back here, just 100%, 100%. If you want to know more than just throwing uh, your boots at the cable TV news and saying, so what what are we doing? What's happening? Absolutely. I have never in in the history of my work on policy and, and, and working on behalf of ranchers seen more activity from truly the grassroots through committees and literally interacting with the members themselves and the staffers. And again, I, I can't say enough. She's not going to sing her praises. I'm going to. Leah Biondo has done a tremendous job in connecting our grassroots policy to those decision makers and, and, and seeing that passion, seeing that commitment to get results in cattle country. We got to have it. We got to have it. And so if you're interested, just like what Leah said, we can get that done. In case in point, uh, you know, Leah had us in a meeting. Uh, we, she's been working with all the Republicans, all the uh, folks from the Trump administration helped start the initial uh, cattle price, uh, cattle market price discovery act work. And of course, Fish, uh, Senator Fisher from Nebraska and Chuck Grasley from Iowa. Uh, she worked very 
closely with them and then turns around, gets us a meeting with majority leaders at Chuck Schumer from New York. And we're in the room. I'll just share this with mm-hmm. listeners. And if I mess Leah's next meeting up with Schumer's <laughs> office, I apologize. But she got us in there. We're meeting with them. And they're talking about, you know, hearing from the West. They're talking about Nevada. And folks know this. And those of you in Nevada, I'm calling you out because I wish you were supporters of the Cattle Market Price Discovery Act. Why? Because your senator that's in a tight race and she might lose, Cortez Maestro, said, Leader Schumer, of all the things in Nevada, my ranchers, I heard from ranchers. I, I don't know, ranchers, call me up. I'll tell you, more bidding on your cattle is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Good to mm-hmm. have bidders at the sale barn. Cattle Price Market Discovery Act does that, support that. So told the senator, the good senator from Nevada, we want you to do one thing for us and stop this bill. So when we met with Schumer, Leah laid out the map and said, I've got a majority, I've got Republicans, I've got Democrats. And they said, yes, but one Democrat that is hearing from our rural constituents is making this request. And that's how the United States Senate works. So that is just one, Mm -hmm. for instance, of how a group of ranchers, it's not the bought and paid for corporate lobbyists, it's not the urban folks not understanding that we hear from time to time in town hall meetings and rural meetings. No, it's constituents connecting with their elected official making the request. So again, we'll see kind of what we talked about. Then Lee and I's job is, okay, if that race holds on, if, if Laxalt wins, uh, Laxalt, is, to our understanding, is going to be very supportive of the Cattle Price Discovery Act. Does that change our votes? Does that change everything? We, we we are working on that. We have two sets of uh, game plans, depending on that outcome. But again, folks, Leah talked talk about it. Get involved, connect with that constituent, and get informed. Because in this case right now, it's not the packer lobbyists that are beaten back on getting more competitive bidding for your cattle. It's some ranchers. And I, it's a free country. Make your decision. I'm grumbling because I wish you'd have made it a different direction. But again, it's happening and you do have influence. The power of the West, the power of rural America is so very real. Folks, use it wisely. Be engaged, be informed. And we've got a meeting coming up. If you want to get engaged, get informed, you come right out to Nashville or you come right on a conference call on our committees and we're going to get you ready to roll. Mm -hmm. So when we met last time, and I I meant to mention this earlier, uh, when we talked last was in April of 2022, it was episode 66. And we were talking about kind of getting getting an update on some bills, things like the Cattle Price Discovery Transparency Act that you've referenced here a couple times. We also talked about the American Beef Labeling Act and also the A-plus Act that allowed sale barns to participate in smaller to medium-sized packing facilities. Before we talk about, uh, and eventually I want to also talk about the Farm Bill, let's talk about where we're at on some of the current legislation, things that you've been working on. I know you've talked about the Transparency Act a little bit already, but where's the ball at on, on some of these issues that you have been working on? I'll just say this lame duck session is going to be really critical on those bills here. And there's not much time left. Um, But once that time is up, once the lame duck session is over and we enter into a new session of Congress in January, everything that we've been working on for the last two years will be wiped clean from the slate Mm. and we start anew. All that momentum that we've picked up on the Cattle Price Discovery and Transparency Act with over 20 
sponsors in the Senate, um, all of that's going to be wiped clean. And what does that mean for a new Congress? I'm not so sure. So we're going to be pushing as hard as we can in these final weeks of this Congress to get those bills across the finish line. We see several avenues or vehicles that we could attach that bill to. Um, that could be any of the priority items that are being considered for this last part of the year. There's a trade package that's being worked on, the National Defense Authorization Act, maybe some appropriations bills. Um, all of these things that are the last priority for this Congress to work on are, are options for us to attach um, the Cattle Price Discovery and Transparency Act to for the other bills that you mentioned there, Justin, mm -hmm. the American Beef Labeling Act. Well, it has picked up also a lot of momentum in the Senate and the House, and that's thanks to a large coalition of producer groups, including USCA, who's been working um, on two ways to uh, define truth and labeling. The first, of course, being closing the product of USA loophole, and the second being reinstating mandatory country of origin labeling or a program that's WTO compliant. Um, that bill doesn't seem to have quite the path forward as the Cattle Price Discovery and Transparency Act does in this Congress, but um, it does lay some really good groundwork for um, pursuing truth and labeling bills in the next Congress. The A-plus Act is kind of in the same boat. It's picked up some steam in the Senate and the House, uh, but we're, we're probably going to see it move in, in the next session of Congress. So we're in this limbo state right here. The lame duck session matters a lot, mm -hmm. and there's um, a lot riding on both uh, Democratic and Republican uh, members of Congress to kind of finish out their priorities here. Um, but we are running short on time. And yeah. so there's that balance that we have to be careful of there. Leah, is there anything I missed? I know we, we talked about those three, three three things and I'm not trying to be greedy here and saying, was well, there anything else you're working on? Because just that alone is an awful lot, a lot, a, a big plate to fill there. Is there any other topics out there that you're trying to work through at this point in time? And, you know, in this lame duck session here, we are pretty singularly focused on moving that cattle price discovery and transparency act forward. And that's only because it has uh, such momentum right now in the Senate and the House. And so um, we're, we're, we're really working and focusing on that market reform legislation because the Democrats support it. Uh, mm -hmm. President Biden, it's a priority of his. It's a priority within the Democratic Party in the Senate. It's a priority within the Democratic Party in the House. And that's not to forget our Republican champions in, in the Senate and House who've also supported this. But while um, the Democratic Party has control of all three chambers, we see a really good path forward for this bill. And so we're going to be very focused in the weeks ahead on moving that bill forward. Mm -hmm. Okay. My guests today are Leah Biondo, Executive Vice President president and jess peterson senior policy advisor they are both with u.s cattlemen's association we're going to take a break here when we come back uh we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the farm bill is that it will be some major legislation that has to come up here in the next congress as well we've referenced a little bit we're going to talk more about that plus we have the national convention coming up for the u.s cattlemen's association that will be in nashville we're going to talk more about that as well stay with us you're listening to the working ranch radio show 
It's weaning time, one of the biggest days of the year for you and the most stressful for your calves. Ensure a smooth transition with the VitaCharge Weaning Program. This two-step program with the AmaFirm Advantage gives calves the nutritional boost they need to get through the first weeks of weaning, accelerate appetite, increase weight gain, and improve health. It's weaning time. Get them ready with VitaCharge. For more information, visit VitaFirm.com forward slash Vita dash charge. And welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm Justin Mills. My guests today are Jess Peterson, Senior Policy Advisor, and Leah Biondo, Executive Vice President with the U.S. Cattlemen's Association. We have been talking about just some preliminary uh, thoughts and uh, insights into post-election here. And as we were joking uh, when we started our conversation here today, uh, there's still nothing totally defined just yet as far as who is going to be in control of what just yet, but we kind of have inclinations of where things might be and that's been kind of the assumption as we've talked here today uh leah and jess now uh we've we've talked a little bit about uh in the previous section we were talking about the uh some of the things you guys have been working on and continuing to work on uh especially in this lame duck session that's going to be coming up the number one thing going to be that transparency act but we know in the next congress coming out that the farm bill a new farm bill is also going to be top of the list as well so when we look at that and the makeup that we see think we might have on the committees and chairs and various things like that what's the thoughts as far as what's going to be put into this farm bill that you think will be extremely beneficial to ranchers i'll jump into a little bit justin you and i talk you know a lot offline of course you have amazing guests uh with the ranching for profit and everything that goes on there uh the farm bill if used properly and i you'll have folks talk about all the commodity programs and i am I'm grateful that I don't have to work in that arena. Uh, the, the folks, the, the pieces that we work on are really tied to these NRCS programs, uh, EQIP, CSP, uh, and, and, and really those kind of those range improvements. And if utilized properly uh, with your ranching for profit guidelines and all, and all the opportunities out there, it, it makes a big impact on your bottom line. So when, when U.S. Calamans walks in the room, we're making sure that, and that's called Title II, that's the conservation program. So making sure there's funding uh, in a few key areas. Uh, we're seeing climate issues all over the place as far as fires and floods and blizzards. And so making sure we have proper funding there. Those programs have worked pretty well. We had a little bit of discrepancy on these calf prices. Uh, when you lose a calf in a blizzard and, and they're giving you, you know, three, four hundred bucks, can we plus that up a little bit higher as these calf prices uh, hopefully uh, continue to pick up, demand picks up. And so making sure, making sure that we have the, the value that's needed in these farm service uh, programs, these disaster programs and payments, making sure uh, from the NRCS technical side, as you're working on that ranch, if you're putting in a water line or you're getting a cost share and things of that nature. So we'll look at that. We'll see if there's any new ideas and concepts. I, you know, and we're going to work with our committee on this. I, I always, I'm always a little hesitant when my, my good friends and colleagues that do policy in Washington say, well, we're going to just write another program for that. And I, you know, these, these, these technical manuals within RCS are getting pretty heavy and pretty thick. Uh, why don't we just make sure they're properly staffed, properly funded, and have, and have the basic programs, the basic tenets of what our incredible NRCS uh, field office employees are doing. Let's make sure they have the funding before we go write another 500 page uh, set of codes and add it on to, to, uh, 
another set of practices. So we'll work on that. I think with our friends in the livestock markets, the ability for livestock markets to invest in meatpacking plants, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe we can insert some of that language into the farm bill. And then across the board, look, in our last farm bill, we were wanting to see more or increased uh, meat processing capacity. Folks were seeing it. It, it, it's, It's over doubled in the state of Montana and growing across the area. Is this fixing it? No, we're not we're not fixing it overnight, but I can sure tell you is you, is you have an opportunity to connect into those local local buyers, um, get get some of your 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 yearlings and, and and put a freezer beef program together for your neighborhood and family friends and all those that you can kind of reach out to. Only good way of doing social media is use it to promote beef mm-hmm. and uh, and be able to take advantage of that. So kind of a unique farm bill we're going into. Uh, eyes wide open on what programs are out there, but. Being a little bit mindful that we don't that we don't add another hundred page uh, manual for our good friends at at NRCS to work through. Yeah, one of the things that we know for when the when the Democratic side of things were in place, and you hear this from the top all the way down, is a lot of emphasis on climate issues. And what are we going to see with that impact uh, when it comes to this negotiating on farm bill? That's a great point, and 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 so Chairman Thompson, GT Thompson, again mentioned earlier in the show, a little bit little hesitant on some of the administration's uh, funding priorities as it links to, to to climate and and how kind of a difference of opinion how we reach the the, the climate goals. And, and again, it's it's mostly kind of a smart farming, smart ranching. Is there are there ways that we can use carbon credits, carbon sequestration, uh, and and where it's it's good for the operation, it makes sense for the operation, and it's and it's and it's good for the planet, so to speak, right? And so there's kind of always, and that's where I don't mind it as much on these differences of opinions. I think Republicans and Democrats agree with the goals and the outcomes. It's just how we get there, and I think you're going to see that difference of game plan will be a little bit more evident uh, as you see GT Thompson possibly taking that gavel. Mm-hmm. Leah, from your perspective, uh, anything to add on that? You know, this the farm bill kind of is the foundational aspect of a lot of these agricultural programs, right? But one of the disappointing parts of it is that uh, livestock lacks its own title in the farm bill. So one of the things that U.S. Cattlemen's Association will push for and has been pushing for is the insertion of a livestock title within the farm bill. And of course, all of the things that Jess was talking about would fall under the purview of this livestock title. We'd also look for, you know, some truth and labeling uh, priorities to be included under that livestock title, maybe some beef checkoff program reform included under that livestock title. Um, We just really need our own section within the farm bill because we've got some really unique um, issues and challenges that producers face um, that are different from those of uh, the row crop guys or the dairy folks. And they all have their own um, title within the farm bill. So I think it's high time that uh, livestock producers also have their own title. Mm -hmm. Do you think in general that we're going to the, the farm bill is going to have any pressure for just just in general the there's been some press out there and, and it's probably been there over the years in some ways under somewhat under the radar but that well we're subsidizing these the, you know this this industry this ranching and farming industry is there going to be pressure on that 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 uh, that they see that go away well I'll let Leah have the follow up on that but I'll tell you right now when you have empty shelves and you have a little bit of a concern. We never had a true food shortage, but there was a concern and a perception, and there was a reality of kind of shipping and getting shelves stocked. Folks, that's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you throughout this uh, COVID situation and pandemic, uh, the, the, the need to make sure 
uh, our population, both domestic and global, uh, is fed and well fed in a safe and effective manner. Uh, I, 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 there's always, you're right, they're always going to be the pushback for these farm programs. But look no further than empty shelves and think of just how devastating it'd be if we didn't have that safe, consistent, abundant uh, of supply of food. And, and that's very real, I think, on these members' minds. And how we work with that moving forward will be towards a positive for those of us that are in the food and production business. Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100% with Jess. Nothing more to really add to that. Yeah, yeah. No, and I think that's... And that's the way I feel, I guess I've always felt, especially I've always used this time of the year as we get into the Thanksgiving time of the year. And, and you know, the American Farm Bureau, they've done that for years where yes. they kick out, here's the price of a Thanksgiving meal. And we realize this year's a little higher than it has been. But, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's amazing that we can have good food, safe food at the price that we have. And so I, I think that was the response there was, was very adequate there. Let's switch directions just a little bit, uh, Jess and Leah, and let's talk about uh, the U.S. Cattlemen's Association annual meeting. This is the 15th annual meeting, and you're headed to Nashville, Tennessee. So let's uh, tell us a little bit about that. looks like it's going to be uh, coming up on December 8th through the 10th. Yes, we've got a star-studded lineup of speakers here and still plenty of time to register. Um, head on over to our website, uscattleman.org, to check it out. But we did just confirm the Deputy Undersecretary for Food Safety, Ms. Sandra Eskin, will be in attendance. She will provide a special address to our policy committees on Friday, December 9th. Now, um, under uh, Deputy Undersecretary Eskin's jurisdiction is labeling, is cell culture meat, is or sell cultured foods, I guess I should say, is all of these things that are really important to our members and our producers. So we look forward to hearing uh, more from the Deputy Undersecretary there for food safety. She's been acting as almost our chief food safety officer since uh, we haven't yet uh, uh, confirmed uh, the one that's currently waiting on the Senate confirmation. We're also going to have from USDA uh, the Senior Advisor for Fairing Competitive Markets, Mr. Andy Green. He'll be meeting meeting with our policy committees on Friday and then providing a more formal address on Saturday, December 9th. He's going to talk about some of those um, efforts that the administration is taking to address anti-competitive buying practices within the cattle marketplace. So this is your chance, your opportunity to be there with the folks who are making decisions in Washington to help influence that policy through the policymaking process within the U.S. Cattlemen's Association. And then also hear from other speakers too. We've got Trey Wasserberger, who was part of the effort to establish a 500,000 square foot uh, processing facility in North Platte, Nebraska. He's going to be with us to do a a sort of fireside chat on how that all came to reality and some of the challenges that he faced. Uh, we'll also have Mr. Corbett Wall lead a producer profitability mm -hmm. workshop. Workshop. We've got a producer town hall led by Jim Mundorf of Lonesome Lands and an opening session by Marky Hageman Jones of Girls Eat Beef too. A lot of beef influencers in town for this. You bet. Justin. Well, and you guys were very clear, and I, and I believe this too, that we need to be involved in our organizations. And so here it is. I mean, because one of the things is not only the speakers that you talked about, but also I mean, there's policy resolutions, there's voting on regional board director candidates and updates about what you guys have been doing about back there as well. That's all, and that's part of getting involved. 
Exactly. And you get to be a part of, you know, this great group of people. You can't forget that aspect, too. The social aspect is so important. Just being around other folks who understand your life, your livelihood, some of the challenges that you face is so good for the soul. So come on out to Nashville. Um, we'll be introducing um, some new topics as well. We've got a Bitcoin-focused okay. panel where ranchers mm. are finding success in selling their beef to consumers using uh, the Bitcoin platform or Bitcoin currency. So um, some new uh, market insights, I guess, some market forecasts, uh, a lot of things to talk and discuss and learn about. Again, you can go to uscattleman.org or give me a call at 202-870-1552 and I can get you set up with your registration in your hotel room. Okay, and it's, uh, again, folks, it is the 15th annual U.S. Cattlemen's Association, Nashville, Tennessee. Who wouldn't want to go to Nashville, especially, you know, this morning I was shipping calves. It was seven above. <laughs> I would love to be somewhere else, but, <laughs> but, uh, but Nashville, Tennessee, December, 8th through the uh, through the 10th at the Doubletree downtown. Uh, Jess and Leah, I want to thank you guys for joining me here on the Working Ranch Radio Show. A lot of information here today. I appreciate the work that you guys are doing on behalf of, of ranchers across the country. Always a hey. pleasure, Justin. Thank you. Hey, thanks everybody, Working Ranch Radio. Hey, be safe, be well. We know it might be a cold winter out there, but just always from the bottom of our hearts, we thank each and every one of you out there in listening country. You're doing a great job. We're seeing a lot of optimism. And as we roll into the Thanksgiving holidays, what I'm grateful for is those folks that just underestimated cattle producers and our ability to tell our story about what we do and the food we produce. Fake meat and petri dish protein are some of the worst bets on the market right now. And you know what? I don't, I'm not upset about that at all. So, folks, the future's looking bright. The future's looking optimistic. People like real beef. They like the quality. They like the product. So get through this winter. Let's have a good one. And we hope to see you in Nashville. You bet. Jess Peterson, Senior Policy Advisor, and Leah Biondo, Executive Vice President for the U.S. Cattlemen's Association. My guest here today on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Well, stay with us. Coming up next, meteorologist. Don Day joins us for a look at that extended weather forecast. And all I can say is, "Mm, baby, it's getting cold outside. We'll be back after this. Don't keep your cow-calf herd data in a notebook. Keep it in the cloud with Performance Ranch and say so long to decoding handwritten notes. Performance Ranch is an easy-to-use app that simplifies record-keeping and makes decision-making easier. Keep track of herd inventory, monitor health records, and manage costs all from your iPad or iPhone. Group texting important herd data? Delete it. Use Performance Ranch instead. Go to performancelivestockanalytics.com and be the first to know when Performance Ranch is ready to launch. And we welcome you back here to the Working Ranch Radio Show. Justin Mills with you as we head now into looking at our long-term weather forecast. And joining us is meteorologist Don Day. And uh, Don, uh, we were joking off air a little bit about the fact that uh, in in the tone of our our show here today, talking about kind of post-election, looking at all of that, uh, I kind of made a joke about what it looks like now as we're starting to push the hot air (laughs) out of the country. Now, if we just literally hope that uh, that would be the case, in terms of some of the political climate, but physically, that's what's happening. Yeah, we are certainly transitioning into what I'll call it an early winter pattern. Uh, We are definitely going to be looking at some pretty cold temperatures. Now, it is November, so you'd expect it to to be more consistently Mm -hmm. cold. But even when you look at temperatures that are 
around this time of year on average, these are temperatures colder than that. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be a, a very widespread chill uh, going across the United States uh, this weekend and into next week. As we see the cold getting all the way down into Texas, the Gulf Coast region. In fact, I think by the end of next week, this next week coming up, that below average temperatures could even push all the way into Florida mm -hmm. and the, the East Coast areas. So this is a, a pattern which is going to allow a lot of cold air out of Canada and the higher latitudes to kind of spill into the nation. We've already seen that uh, earlier this week in the West Coast. I mean, temperatures for the past week in California, whether you go into uh, Nevada, into the Pacific Northwest, it's just, it's a downright chilly. Mm -hmm. Do we see much moisture with this, or is it just going to be kind of a, a pretty good blast of cold air that eventually covers the country? Well, it's going to be more cold than it will be snow, but there will be some snow. We just had that storm system here over the last couple of days go across the Dakotas and up into Minnesota, producing a fair amount of snow. Putting that snow on the ground makes it easier for that cold air to build up. But the pattern that we see is more dominant from Canadian air masses than, let's say, a Pacific one. So you're you're not in these Canadian air masses necessarily going to have a lot of, of water to work with. Um, but along the edges of the cold air uh, in the south, west Texas, eastern New Mexico, then as we get along the east coast to the northeast and the Great Lakes, those areas kind of where the boundary from where the colder air is hitting that warmer air, uh, that's where it could be a little bit more active. I think the Great Lakes... Uh, parts of New England going to be looking at some uh, lake effect snows mm -hmm. uh, over the next seven to 10 days. So the seasons are a change. Mm -hmm. So with this change happening, let's let's look out maybe about two to three weeks out and into the first part of December, Thanksgiving and into the first part of December. Do we see this cold kind of hanging in here for, for a long term or are we going to see this for about a 10 day period and then maybe get back into some better uh, warmer temps? Well, likely the latter. It, it's really hard to get a pattern that's going to be stuck for, for weeks on end to where you're just under that same air mass. What you do tend to see are, are, are in the winter season are, are cycles that go 10 to 14 days mm -hmm. to where we'll have 10 to 14 days where it's going to be pretty cold. And then the pattern sort of readjusts. You have a little bit of a warm up as you get a pattern that brings Pacific air into the U.S. But what we see is something that we have been expecting, and that is why you're going to have these alternating periods of warm-ups after these cold snaps. Uh, these cold snaps are going to be fairly impressive, and it really looks like maybe by the in this two to week, three week period you talked about, over the next 10 days, it looks pretty cold. Mm -hmm. We're probably... Uh, during that Thanksgiving week, let's say, we might see some moderation in temperatures, although that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be great, mm -hmm. but probably some moderation. And then as that second week of December rolls along, we'll probably have another one of these episodes of some colder Canadian air coming in. What we see developing out in the Pacific, uh, what we've seen in similar situations does lend itself to some colder weather. And the Northern Plains, uh, folks in the Dakotas, Eastern Montana, Minnesota, Wisconsin, into Nebraska, up into Manitoba and Saskatchewan and Alberta. You know, those areas to me look to be the coldest as we head to the rest of this month and into early December. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and just looking at what's going on in Canada, holy moly, it is cold in, <laughs> up in that part of the country. Yeah, in fact, sneaky cold. Um, when I took a look here over the last few days at some temperatures overnight, there were areas hitting 20, 25 degrees below zero in Alberta. Hmm. Uh, that's not with wind chill. 
Um, so that is a temperature range. We mentioned it earlier. That's kind of <laughs> that's that's 20, 30 degrees below yeah. the November average. So so uh, the, for early November, these are really cold temperatures. And whether or not it's a it's a harbinger of things to come. Well, I'll tell you this. If you're going to get cold and stay cold and put snow on the ground with the shortest days and the longest nights here in the coming weeks, uh, you're, you're going to be able to build up a lot of cold air in Canada. And the more cold air that's up there and more of it of a chance it has to get into the lower 48. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Don, thanks for joining us here. A good outlook for, or at least a, a good idea of what we're going to be seeing here for the next 10 days. Cold weather coming in, but uh, it's, it is it is winter getting there. It is. And if it if it wasn't this way, people would be saying, well, where is it? Yeah. So here it is. <laughs> yeah. And, and you never can please anybody. And, and that's the thing, you know, is, I mean, you just knew when you got into meteorology that there was just, you, you knew you were only going to please a percentage of the people every day. That's really true. What makes one person happy about the weather, there's somebody that it's the absolute opposite. Yeah. So you learn that really <laughs> early in a weather career yeah. to where being able to please everybody is impossible. You just have to have thick skin as a weatherman. Very thick. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us here today. Thanks, Justin. And again, that is meteorologist Don Day with a look at our long-term weather. His website is found at dayweather.com. You can also find the link to his YouTube channel where he kicks out a daily video podcast. Well, stay with us. Coming up next, we're going to talk about what's on tap for next week's edition of the Working Ranch Radio Show. Do you have a young child, grandchild, niece, or nephew that loves the weather and wants to learn more? Day Weather has produced a children's weather journal full of weather facts, fun weather experiments, coloring pages, and pages to record weather observations for every season of the year. The weather journal is for ages 3 to 7 and designed to be fun and educational. The interactive weather projects are fun for the whole family to take part in. For only $10, the Day Weather Weather Journal is a great gift idea for any occasion. Click on our Amazon link to order at dayweather.com. Well, coming up next week on the Working Ranch Radio Show, we're going to be talking winter cow nutrition. Yeah, with all this cold weather moving across the country, before we really get into the depths of winter, let's talk about some things we could be doing to help these old girls out out on the country and doing it on a budget as well. We don't need to just feed the farm off to them. We need to do it so that it's profitable and that it makes sense. We're going to be talking about that next week on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Quick thank you to our sponsors here today before we leave. Bye. Biozyme, Zoetis, the American Cemental Association, Zenpro Profusion Drench, and Performance Ranch. Well, the Working Ranch Radio Show is a production of Working Ranch Magazine, branded number one by America's Ranchers. And if you don't have a subscription to Working Ranch Magazine, I invite you to go to the website at workingranchmag.com and you can get your subscription started today. It's a new redesigned website. And also, speaking of technology, how about you check us out on social media like Instagram or Facebook follow us there because there's posts that we kick out throughout the week that I think you would enjoy and you can stay in tune with what's going on with us here at Working Ranch Magazine and the Working Ranch Radio Show well if you'd like to get a hold of me you can send me an email at justin.workingranch at gmail.com thanks again for joining us be sure to tune in next week I'm your host Justin Mills and until next time keep your chin down and your mind in the middle so long so long